With 2021 firmly in the rearview mirror, we're taking our first hesitant steps into 2022. But we're not done with last year just yet. This is our first of two weeks looking back on 2021, some of the best and worst of the year in news, music, and even our own show. Are you ready? It's time to wake up. Have we got a show for you. I've been expecting you. I know you all want answers. I'm just trying to be in the world, not of it. Dude, I don't even know what to do right now. Safe for the whole family. Well, excuse me for trying to sneak you into heaven. Hey, do you want to join our small group? You want to join my D group? You want to join my cell group, community group, access group, accountability group, Act 27 group? Aren't you wired? Online? Surfing the web? Now let that be a lesson to you. Oh, do. I find that offensive. Rise and shine, nerds. You're tuned in to The Back Row with Matt and Mo, proudly a part of the Love Thy Nerd Podcast Network. I'm Radio Matt, the station manager and chief radio nerd here at LTN. I'm a third-generation radio dude and a lifelong nerd. And I'm Mo, sidekick to the chief radio nerd, here to bring the facts and fire to your day. Now, where's the coffee? The Back Row Morning Show is a thrice-weekly show on LTN Radio that covers a wide range of topics from all across church and pop culture. And we usually take a topic in threes, three segments focusing on different aspects of our weekly discussion. You're listening to a compilation of the main topic segments from this past week's morning shows. This week, we're taking a look back at 2021 in part one of a two-week rewind. Before we jump into our discussions, Mo and I also have a side venture called Back Row Games. Here, uh, sorry, home, <laughs> home, uh, the new copy, I can't read it. Home of several Christian tabletop games, including our two most popular, Judge Not and Sunday School Answers. Sunday School Answers is the original Christian knockup. Knockup? Jeez. <laughs> We did not partner with oh. Cards Against Humanity. <laughs> oh, it's actually quite gosh. the opposite. Uh, nothing was knocked up. It was just knocked off. That's all. <laughs> Can't decide if I want to stop recording or re redo this or just leave it in. I'm going to leave it in. We're going to roll with it. Sunday School Answers is the original Christian knockoff of Cards Against Humanity. All of the awkward fun without the need to bathe in bleach afterwards to get the sin off. We've got some big updates for you. First of all, there are two new booster packs now available. The 2021 booster pack, um, adding more pandemic era fun to the game, if you can call pandemic <laughs> fun. Uh, and the Holy Veggies pack with cards inspired but not officially licensed by a classic show centered around a Christian tomato and cucumber. <laughs> and we've got lots more coming out in the next few months. February, we've got the Sports Booster Pack and the Parenting Booster Pack. And then in March, we're releasing our largest expansion yet, the White Box, with 266 new cards to add to your original game. You can check it all out and get your copy of Sunday School Answers at BackRowGames.com. It's a new year, and that means two things. Number one, failing a set of overly optimistic goals for the new year before the end of the month. And two, performing a post-mortem on the previous year. We're going to be doing this over the course of the next two weeks and on a few different topics. Uh, but to kick it off, we're going to take a look back at the news of the last year. Now, as is typical any year, some of the biggest news stories are also ones that are highly politicized. We're going to try to not get too bogged down in too much of the politics because we know our listeners have a range of political beliefs. That being said, I'm sure our biases will come out a bit, so we ask for grace in that. So, of course, that being said, we start with January 6th. 
the uh, storming of the Capitol. Uh, some people call it the insurrection. I'm not sure that is technically an accurate term, but mm-hmm. I do recall watching it on TV live and mm-hmm. being like, this is nuts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were your thoughts? Did you watch it live or did you watch it later? I watched it later. Yeah. And again, thought exactly the same thing. This is nuts. Um, I'm. Did you watch this past week? Mm-hmm. The anniversary. Mm-hmm. 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 It's not an anniversary. What did they call it? Anniversary is celebratory. What did they call it? They call it something. It's the. No, I think it's still anniversary. Okay. Um. Now, obviously, I wasn't. At the Capitol when it happened. Yeah. So I don't have a firsthand experience of what it felt like to mm-hmm. be there, mm-hmm. to experience it truly. Mm-hmm. But I really felt like the remembrance of it was heavier than one year ago, mm-hmm. than the actual incident. Which, which is silly because on the day... We were told, like, people were dying left and right, that it was, and, you know, since then we found out, okay, well, there was one person who died that was one of the people that came in Mm -hmm. illegally, and the one person that they claimed died was a, that was, like, an officer Mm -hmm. there actually died later of natural causes like a stroke or something had Mm -hmm. nothing to do with being there and uh beyond that all the i mean all they really did was ruffle some papers they Mm -hmm. didn't really they broke they broke down a couple windows yeah it it was it's i mean it was not i'm not we're not not pass Mm -hmm. not at all but Mm -hmm. it certainly wasn't akin to 9-11 yes or pearl harbor like kamala harris said in her speech (laughs) on the day of Mm-hmm. Like that's, I mean, look, it was, look, it wasn't a good look. No, it was, there's <laughs> nothing all. about it that nothing I agree with or support or think was okay. <laughs> nothing. Um, I mean, just the fact alone that it's our Capitol building. Come on, let's. That's the biggest thing. Like if it had been any other building, this would be the least uh, violent riot of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I. That is very true. I mean, seriously, compared to everything else that we've actually seen in the last four years, uh-huh. there's been so many violent, violent outbursts. And whether you think the reason for that is justified or not, still far worse outcomes yes. than than what happened that day. Mm-hmm. But this is the one we're going to compare to 9-11? Yeah. It's just a stretch. It's a stretch for me. It really feels like that's the politicized part. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're just going to really hammer how terrible this was. So you don't even think about allowing Trump to run for the Republican president next time around. So it's going to be like that every year. mm -hmm. And what really, really broke my heart and bothered me about the comparison to 9-11 was that the underlying reading between the lines that they're getting at is the people who stormed Capitol are terrorists. Yeah. And you are now calling Americans terrorists. And I mean, it's no secret that for 
years now, we have been a country that is not unified, Mm -hmm. not on the same side. But there's also been some amount of respect for fellow man. Yeah. But when you begin calling a group of people terrorists and you're the president. Especially ones that did not take any lives. Yeah. Whatsoever. Um, that's a very dangerous, slippery slope for the future of our country, I think. Mm-hmm. Like this was a this was a protest that got way out of hand. Mm-hmm. But still... Mm-hmm. Far less out of hand than many other protests we've seen in the last four years. Mm-hmm. It's just because it was at the building, the mm-hmm. Capitol building. Yeah. Disagree or not, <clears throat> um, there's not a whole lot of difference between what Biden is pointing his finger at Trump saying he did to cause it, mm-hmm. and now what Biden is doing by calling fellow mm. Americans, mm. terrorists, gotcha. getting a group riled up. Yeah. Right. Politically. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I'm just it's awkward. All right. So that's probably the most <laughs> political we're going to get. And I know I warned you we weren't going to do that. So, but I mean, we can't avoid it. It was the first thing that happened. I'm truly not being political. <laughs> right. But just the fact that it's, we have a side. <laughs> and so like we have beliefs and there are going to be people that disagree. That makes it. A political thing. Yeah. Um, so this one's not political, but it is about politics. Uh, January 20th, Joe Biden was inaugurated as president in a very COVID-y inauguration that felt very doomsday-ish. Uh, number one, like very few people there. Like normally that entire like Washington uh-huh. Monument thing is is just full jam-packed mm-hmm. with people here to see the inauguration of the new president. Very few people there. On purpose, of course, for COVID mm-hmm. restrictions. Right. But it felt, that felt doomsday-ish. That felt, and I'm not saying this just because it's Joe Biden, but it felt like dictatorish. you know? It felt like nobody wanted this to happen yeah. kind of thing. I know that's not the case. I'm just saying that that's, that's what that it felt like because there were no people yes. there. Yeah. And yeah. then, of course, you had all of the Capitol buildings, all the, all the big buildings walled off, fenced off with those big riot fences as well. You know, and that feeling has kind of continued almost fully every time that he's given a speech because there haven't been a whole lot of people ever. That's true. And so, you know, you in the years past, you at least get some sort of applaud when the president comes out. Right. You know, but. And adding to that is the fact that he doesn't often take questions. Right. Which is very uncommon. Yeah. Or the fact that when he does take questions, he always uh, puts an asterisk on there and said, they're going to be mad at me for answering these. Like, they're going to be mad at me for talking to you guys. Yeah. That feels weird. Yeah. To hear every single time you answer questions, they're going to be mad at me for, for talking to you, for answering these. Like everything who, feels, um, everything just feels a little strange. That's what I, who is they, Joe? <laughs> right. Who is they? Who is they? I need to know. Dang it. It got political again. Okay. <laughs> February 13th to the 17th, a huge ice storm stretched across North America. Uh, Texas being the worst hit by this is they're just not prepared for this kind of weather, mm-hmm. especially not long term. Texas faced a blackout that left around 4.5 million people without power for days. Mm-hmm. There's no way to keep themselves warm and people had to boil water for safe consumption. 261 Texas Texans died 
died over the course of just five days from this. Now, I know uh, Bubba and Anna live in Texas, and I remember when they had to deal with this at the beginning of the year, um, just the stories that they told of how ridiculous it was. Just you, Texas was just shut down. Yeah. They could not function, and they lived in the dark. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. Like, I remember in Portales, our water main would break yeah. all the time. Still does all mm-hmm. the time. We'd have like five days where we'd have to like line our toilets with trash bags and just go in that because that's that's, disgusting. What, that's kind of what happened here. Everything shut down, even the waterways, everything shut down. Yeah. It's nuts. And it's something, you know, the loss of the Texan lives. Yeah. That's a, that's a large number and a very sad number. There was a lot of livestock that was lost also, but oh, I think a lot of, of people don't even consider especially people who are separated from that kind of lifestyle Mm -hmm. you know you you just don't even think about it go to the store the beef's already there yeah i know i never really thought about it until moving that's one of the main reasons that we've seen kind of this beef shortage all year long is because we lost so many like cows yeah (laughs) during that february storm yep it's nuts Mm mm-hmm uh, March 11th, the first purely digital NFT-based artwork was sold at auction. Uh, Every Days, the first 5,000 Days, that was the name of it, an NFT-based artwork by Beeple, an American artist whose real name is Mike Winkleman. Why would you change your name? <clears throat> Mike Winkleman is an awesome name. It sold for $69 million. It was the highest price ever for a digital artwork and the first purely NFT-based art sold at uh, that auction house. According to Christie's Auction House, the sale of the artwork placed Beeple among the top three most valuable living artists. This uh, piece of artwork is a big collage of all of his artwork up to that point, and you can still see it online and save it to your computer, and really this buyer just paid $69 million to say, that's mine. <laughs> I mean... That's what all NFTs really are. <laughs> Somebody bought the Charlie Bit My Finger video off of YouTube... And uh, that's their NFT, and they took it off of YouTube. Well, guess what? That's been around for so long, millions of people have it saved to their computer already. It's not yours. Yeah. (laughs) You can say it's yours all you want. We all have it still. I mean, when you have that kind of money. (laughs) If I can can right-click and push save as (laughs) to whatever thing you bought online, it's not really yours, is Mm -hmm. it? Thank you. I'm glad that you see things the way I do. (laughs) March 23rd through the 29th, a 400-meter-long cargo ship named Ever Given ran aground due to strong winds. It got wedged sideways in the narrow Suez Suez Canal Uh, on the 23rd of March. The ship remained stuck for six days before it could be freed, leading to a traffic jam of sorts of over 400 ships at either end of the canal. The blockage had a domino effect on international trade. According to Lloyd's List, uh, 900, or I'm sorry, $9.6 billion of trade was held up along the waterway each day of the blockage. The Suez Canal itself lost 14 to $15 million in revenue for each of the days the ship remained stuck. German insurer Allianz, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Something in German. Estimated the blockage could bring global annual growth down by 0.2 to 0.4 percentage points. Do you remember when this was stuck? Mm, no. And all the memes? Mm-hmm. You don't remember all the memes? There's so mm-hmm. many memes. No. 
So many memes. Anyway, that Suez Canal is very important because if you can't use that, you have to go the entire way around. I think it's Africa or South America. It's one of those two. You got to go so much longer. Mm-hmm. Days and days and days longer. Um, I'm pretty sure it's South America. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. But anyway. We nuts. learned about this in school. I learned about that in school. Mm-hmm. April 25th for playing the role of an aging man struggling with memory loss in The Father. Sir Anthony Hopkins won the award for best actor in a leading role at the 93rd annual Academy Awards held by the Union Station Los Angeles and the Dolby Theater in Hollywood. At age 83, he thus became the oldest person to win the best actor award. And this is only his second one. I mean, you think of Anthony Hopkins. He's been in the game for years. Mm -hmm. It's only the second Academy Award he's ever won. Uh, The first one being in 1992 for Silence of the Lambs. Oh my gosh. <laughs> At the same event, South Korean axis Yoon Yoo-hung became the first Korean to win an Academy Award for the Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Minari, uh, the movie. At age 73, she also became the third oldest actress to win the award. Wow. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. May 5th, SN15, a Starship prototype of Elon Musk's SpaceX. Took, there's a lot of mm-hmm. that. <laughs> took off from the company's Boca Chica, Texas facility uh, to an altitude of about six, or sorry, 9.6 kilometers as part of a high altitude launch. As planned, the three Raptor engines shut down and then it started its descent to Earth. Two of the large engines restarted just before landing and SN15 made a successful touchdown near its launch pad. This doesn't seem all that exciting, but it's the first time that SpaceX attained success in recovering a Starship prototype. All past prototypes have been destroyed in landing attempts. The success is a crucial achievement for the company's Mars plans, in which it plans to send humans and cargo to the Red Planet as well as to the Moon. And so you need to be able to have your ship land safely so you can then take it back. Okay, I just gotta know. Hmm. The three Raptor engines? Mm-hmm. Are we talking about, like, Velociraptor? <laughs> yeah. They are fueled by a velociraptor. What? We got (laughs) Charlie Delta Blue. I can't remember the fourth one. Speaking of Delta, May 31st, COVID strain B.1.617.2 has given its ominous name the Delta variant. This quickly became the dominant strain worldwide, causing rising cases and hospital visits and daily deaths began to rise again, just as most of the world was thinking COVID was on its way out. Some areas of the world were hit worse than others, such as India. India had its first, like, major right. outbreak with the Delta variant. Uh, June 24th, at approximately 1.25 a.m., Champlain Towers South, a 12-story beachfront condominium in Miami suburb of Surfside, Florida, partially collapsed. 98 people died. Four people were rescued from the rubble, uh, but one died of injuries shortly after arriving at the hospital. 11 others were injured. And approximately 35 were rescued the same day from the uncollapsed portion of the building. Uh, the building itself was demolished 10 days later. A lot of investigations into how this happened going on, cut corners and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And it's, it was also um, a very old building. Champlain Towers. So. Sorry about that. What did I say? Champlain, which is how I it... sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd yeah. say it again. <laughs> that's how uh, it's spelled. But yeah, so. crazy yeah. thing. Like that's a... 
that's a terrifying scenario. Normally that doesn't, that does happen a lot like in other parts of the world where like regulations aren't as strict. Like I remember seeing a video recently of like there was a wedding being held at a, in the like third floor of a building that was added on later mm. and they had added it on cheaply. Mm-hmm. And so they had all these people dancing, all these heavy, like hundred people. Uh, oh yes, I remember. Mm-hmm. Fell in and caved yep. in, and a lot of people died, including the bride. I think of that. So I saw that, and that terrified me. I'm like, imagine being in a 12 story building, mm-hmm. just going about your day. Yeah. And like, no warning, crack, crack, vroom. Mm-hmm. Terrifying way to go. My goodness. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Uh, July 19th, Jeff Bezos, billionaire space cowboy, went to space. The new Shepard vehicle of Blue Origin took off from the launch site, w- launch site one near the town of Van Horn in Texas and went past the Carmon line at 100 kilometers, kilometers. Yeah, <laughs> not kilometers. The global recognized space boundary. The capsule with the passengers then successfully landed safely back in Texas after completing the planned 11-minute trip. Accompanying Bezos was his brother, Mark, uh, making the duo the first brothers to reach space. The other two became the oldest and youngest ever to fly to space, 82-year-old aviation icon Wally Funk and 18-year-old student uh, Oliver Damon, whose father paid for the trip, thus making him the first paying customer. On a suborbital flight. All the records were noted by Guinness World Records. What's what's the look for? Who needs a bank account when you got daddy? <laughs> <laughs> That's what the look was for. That was all. That was all. July 23rd. <laughs> the 2020 Olympics were held a year late in Tokyo under strict COVID rules and with no spectators whatsoever as Tokyo was under a state of emergency at the time. New sports were introduced at the Olympics. These included skateboarding, surfing, sport climbing, karate, basketball three-on-three, and freestyle BMX. Baseball and softball also made a return to the Tokyo Olympics. With 39 golds and a total of 113 medals, the U.S. topped the medal tally, followed by the People's Republic of China, who won 88 medals, 38 of them gold, so one less than America. I'm sure they're really upset about that. And Japan, which finished third, gave their best-ever performance in the Olympics with 27 gold and 58 total medals. Brilliant. Seriously, you know China was just furious. Oh, yeah. I would have been. <laughs> like, it's valid. Whoever the last, uh, whoever the last... Chinese athlete who was like came in second was they're locked up Mm -hmm. at least Mm -hmm. (laughs) for sure Uh, August 15th Kabul fell to the Taliban days after the removal of troops from Afghanistan which pretty much everybody agrees was bungled on a massive scale by both the Trump administration in mapping out the withdrawal and the Biden administration for rushing through the process so fast that it left bases vulnerable and thousands of Americans stuck there for weeks. As this was happening, even citizens of Afghanistan were desperate to leave. One of the visuals that caught the world's attention showed helpless Afghans trying to hold on to the landing gear of a U.S. Air Force C-17 Globemaster while it was taking off, and then some falling to their deaths. Since then, Taliban rule has returned to the area, devaluing women and ruling with fear and violence, almost as if America hadn't even been there for the last two decades at all. 
Laughably, our government and the United Nations keep trying to chat with them and encourage them to be more gender inclusive, as if they were a legitimate government and not a terrorist organization that literally just overthrew the legitimate government. Hard not to be political with this one, guys. Do you have thoughts? Lots. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to have to keep these to myself. Okay. <laughs> September 1st, the Texas heartbeat bill went into effect, making abortions illegal after six weeks in the state, the point in the pregnancy that a heartbeat can be detected. While most online news reports uh, reports this as a hugely terrible thing, this is a huge step for the pro-life movement. And since then, even the landmark Roe v. Wade decision is now in question, with the Supreme Court planning to hear the case for overturning it next October. If this is overturned, it would revert all control over abortion's legality to the states, meaning that several states would likely ban it uh, outside of extreme or dangerous circumstances, which make up less than 3% of cases. I see this as an absolute win. Step in the right direction. Right? Like, I, I, I really, for uh, decades, thought, there's no way we're going to be able to get back from this. Mm -hmm. There's no way we're going to be able to stem this tide. Mm -hmm. To see it happening is amazing. I don't know how far we're going to get, but it's, we're already further than I thought. I'm such a conspiracy theorist. <laughs> okay, tell me your thoughts. Well, and it's not even conspiracy theorist. I guess that's probably a really poor choice of words. Um, so for me, this is something that is a huge win. Yeah. That is a very good thing, but that terrifies me because the rest of the world and everything is crumbling and falling apart and very much leaning toward end times. So what does this mean as far as, you know, this possibly being thrown out, it being something. Mm. That, what does this mean for the future of women? I'm. It kind of scares me as to what could possibly happen, and then there's no repercussion or no way out. No, and it, anyway, there's something that's slightly scary about what could become with the end times. Gotcha. <laughs> I'm just saying. You're just being very coy with what you're trying to say. Well, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Straight out, lay out your fear. Antichrist comes and what? <laughs> uh, okay. So I'm thinking very much like, um, what's happening in Afghanistan and that kind of rule being, Oh, okay. You know, kind of taking effect. But and you're not thinking that from the possibility of Roe v. Wade being overturned. Ho well, hold on, hold on. Okay. Just trying to get women. I know women just becoming objects and being used and, where it could be, um, I'm never, ever, 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 ever for abortion. Okay. Unless it's medically. Right. Those are necessary. Cases, yeah. Yes. 
So what happens if it becomes medically necessary? And for whatever reason, I don't know, because obviously oh, I can't look okay. into the future. So you're, you're thinking you're worried but, that we go too hard the other direction. And in those extreme cases, the mother's just thrown out? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And I, see, just, I don't see that happening. I don't know, Matt. <laughs> because even, even most people that are against abortion have that catalyst of unless the, you know, the life of the mother is in danger. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel yeah, like that's, I feel like that's again, usually the. We're thinking, like I'm thinking, not we're, I'm thinking end times. Like, that's just where my mind is going. Okay. And so it's like, for us as Christians, it's like, yes, win. And it's like a little ray of hope when everything else is on fire around and, us. And you're just afraid. And I'm like, it's like a, a devil conspiracy <clears throat> going on in the background. Yes. Setting us up for failure. Yes. I like, mean, they want this. Let's watch. Let's see how bad they really want this. This is an interesting take. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I know. I made you, I made you share it. It's my fault. No. <laughs> I get you. You're just, you're just untrusting. Of, yeah. of the world, which is fine. I mean, <laughs> of the people in my life, especially given, especially given how the healthcare community has presented itself these past two years. Yeah, it's hard to trust them with anything. Yeah, I just, I mean, what's the harm in questioning things? Mm-hmm. Which uh, makes this next story kind of sad because any other time in history, there'd be no question that this was an amazing thing. October 6th, the World Health Organization recommended the world's first malaria vaccine for children in sub-Saharan Africa and other regions with moderate to high transmission of the deadliest malaria pathogen. In sub-Saharan Africa, malaria remains the leading cause of childhood illness illness and death, uh, with more than 260,000 African children under the age of five dying from the disease each year, according to the World Health Organization. Uh, in 2019, the organization reported uh, the African region hosted 94% of the world's malaria cases and death. So this is a major health victory that I think would be celebrated worldwide and not thought of as some sort of conspiracy by anybody if it happened in 2018. Yeah. As opposed to now. I still think it is, and I don't really see this being as a conspiracy theory thing, but I know there are going to be people that are like, oh, I'm not going to trust the who. <laughs> the band or the organization? Who are you? <laughs> uh, November 2nd, the Atlanta Braves win their first World Series since 1995, defeating the Astro- Astros in Game 6. That was, that was a <laughs> burner doing, of a game, great, let me tell you. Right here. Uh, <laughs> November 5th. Ten people died and around 300 were injured in the first night of the Astro World Festival uh, because of a crowd surge during a performance by Travis Scott. Mm-hmm. This has been what keeps me from going down. Like anytime I go to a concert, I am up in the stands. I am not down there on the floor by the stage because mm. I am consistently terrified of being crushed to death. Up against the stage because the crowd is surging, wanting to get closer and closer. Because mm. you can't stop an entire crowd of people pushing forward. Mm-hmm. There's no way to stop them. And that's exactly what happened here. It's terrifying. Mm-hmm. It is one of those those moments where you just know, I'm not getting out of this. Yeah. So I'm. I will, there will be no mosh pits for me. There will be no nothing. 
Um, I watched a documentary, which um, I don't recommend just because they show a lot of uh, topless women in this documentary. Okay. But it's from Woodstock 99. Uh-huh. It was showcasing all how that went to heck. Mm-hmm. And it started with, uh, I think it was Limp Biscuit coming out and just basically encouraging everybody to basically riot there and start this giant violent mosh pit. People died. People were injured. It was like the first death. The first death happened in that uh, mosh pit. Someone was trampled to death. And that's just some terrifying nonsense. Yeah. I would never go to this, but I'm really upset with it. I wouldn't. The other reason I don't recommend, the full reason I don't recommend this documentary is because they go on this entire tirade about how uh, they, how terrible it was that bands and everybody were encouraging women to like take off their tops and stuff. And then they proceed to show mm-hmm. footage of it. Right. Like four different times. In the the film, I'm like, if this is so bad, why are you showing it over and over again? So don't watch it. Mm-hmm. But that was a very interesting segment. Mm-hmm. Uh, lastly, December 31st, that final gut punch, mm-hmm. the last day, Betty White passed away peacefully in her home. Quite possibly the most beloved TV personality of all time. She passed away just a couple weeks shy of her 100th birthday. I mean, she's right up there with, you know, uh, Mr. Rogers. And, you know, these, this, there's a there's a class above, yes. you know, and she's in that class above. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, she just a couple weeks shy of her 100th birthday. I mean, very, very sad. Uh, mm-hmm. Bittersweetly, grocery stores and magazine stands all over America are, f- are filled with special tribute episodes declaring her as celebrating her 100th birthday. And there's a big live theater event celebrating her uh, that's, that was planned to be showing nationwide. And she was going to be on it. And it was going to be this big party. Uh, so even with her passing, that event is still going to continue in her honor. It's going to be in movie theaters and whatnot. Um, she's most well known for her roles in shows like The Golden Girls and Hot in Cleveland. Uh, her many cameo appearances in all kinds of comedies and TV shows. Um, I loved her guest star uh, episode on community. That's one of my favorites. Uh, her amazing SNL episode. It's fantastic. And for being one of the most lovable people in Hollywood, Mm -hmm. she has been alive long enough that we can say sliced bread is the best thing since Betty White. So it is very sad. And obviously you saw all the memes and all the people, uh, just, uh, just so, so heartbroken. Mm -hmm. But the fact that she got to live to be, Darn near 100 years old yeah. without really being like having any kind of negative health effects. Like she, yeah. she upped and moved the whole time. She was working and having a blast and beloved by all her whole, whole life, her whole career. I mean, I, I can't imagine going out on a higher note yeah. than Betty White did. You know, really. I really can't think of anything ever said about her. Negatively. Mm. Yeah, not a single dang thing. Of all the people she worked with mm-hmm. and all the variety of roles that she's done. Mm-hmm. I, and that says something. Absolutely. Wow. 
It's nuts. Mm-hmm. I would be nuts. like Betty White. <laughs> so those were the biggest headlines of 2021. Uh, but we want to know what you think. What are your thoughts on these stories? Did we miss any big headlines? Come share your thoughts in our Discord at backrowdiscord.com in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on any of our socials at the Backrow LTN, or you can even call and leave us a voicemail telling us your thoughts or maybe a news story that we missed out by calling 575-562-8052. Call and leave a voicemail and we might put it on the show next week. We'll be back with more. Stick around. everyone, I'm Hillary Fisco, and this is Reviews of the Nerds. Today, I'm reviewing Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza, an addictive card game for two or more players. Dolphin Hat Games released Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza in 2017, and has since produced Halloween, Christmas, and Flipside versions of this bestseller. The Ohio-based company is dedicated to creating card games that are easy to learn, fast to play, and great for all ages, and this top-rated title is no exception. The deck consists of 64 cards, showing a single cute picture each, mostly one of the five items named in the title, either a taco, a cat, a goat, a wedge of cheese, or a slice of pizza. The deck is dealt face down equally among the players, who then take turns flipping their cards face up into the center of the play space, while chanting the title of the game, one word per card flipped. If the card matches the word being said, it's a race to slap the pile, loser takes all. The goal is to get rid of all your cards, but the whole game can shift with the appearance of one of the special cards, Gorilla, Groundhog, or Narwhal. That is when the belly laughs start. Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza is rated for three to eight players ages eight and up, but we have played with fewer and younger players at our house. I homeschool three boys and we're big gamers, but I'll be honest, I put off buying this for far too long. With my competitive crew, the slapping mechanic worried me, but I'm so glad we finally snagged it. We haven't found ourselves laughing so hard in a long time. Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza is simple and social without being boring. It's competitive yet friendly, and it can be enjoyed both at the family dinner table or with a party of friends. And one of my favorite aspects as a mom is that after the initial playthrough, the deck never needs to be shuffled again. At less than $10, Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza is a must-have for both casual and dedicated gamers, so I give this fast-paced card game a 9 out of 10, only docking a point because the speed-slapping mechanic may make it inaccessible for some of your family members. I'm Hillary Fisco, and remember, even if you're lactose intolerant and have a pet allergy, Taco Cat Goat Cheese Pizza is something your whole family can enjoy. If you'd like to follow along as I balance our homeschool life with encouraging, empowering, and educating through my small business, you can find me posting and teaching on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook at KYRedheadMK and streaming periodically on Twitch as KYRedhead. Welcome back to The Back Row. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And every week, these three main segments get spread out across three daily morning shows on LTN Radio, and they include a lot more content, including weird news, random facts, games, challenges, rants, junk food, and more. And you can be part of all of that by following us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LTN on air, so you'll be notified when we go live. You can even be part of the show. 
And make sure you catch our full morning shows every Monday through Thursday on LTNOnAir.com at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10. <laughs> Got a frog in my throat. Ah. You, you okay there? Mm-hmm. Uh, 2021 was the most fun we've ever had on the show. In no small part due to the interaction with our back row buds in our Discord and on Twitch. In this part of the show, we're going to showcase some of our favorite moments from the show last year. First up, banter has always been a hallmark of any good radio show, and we're practically experts at this point. Here are some of our best bantery moments. Hey, fun fact, did you know that the first show some cheek Olympics? <laughs> Played in Athens. Were. Do you know? On natural. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All it was all men athletes, and they were played completely nude. And because of that, women were not allowed to be spectators. They could not watch because the men were. Because they'd be scandalized. Naked. Yeah. Uh huh. That is. <laughs> that's another fact for you. You get two well, extra facts. Today. They weren't good at making uh, uh, tight-fitting clothing that would, you know. Hold right. all the junk in place. You're but like, well, let's just let it fly. can you imagine doing some of those sports naked? <laughs> For real, think about it. Javelin. Just take a second. Even running. <laughs> well, the worst in my mind is the wrestling. <laughs> the Greco-Roman wrestling. That would be awful. <laughs> Hurdles, yes. Hurdles. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I'm serious. The what? Race, the race where they have to pass the baton off. Oh, stop. No. No. I'm not letting you go there. No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Nope. Grab Their the arm right had baton. to be fully extended to Grab pass the, the right baton. baton, guys. <laughs> Woo. This is, uh-uh. That's why. <laughs> You have to do the the pole vault. That's why they always have to go to their back. Yeah. To go uh huh. Exactly. That's the way it was done in the first so Olympics. Get, so you don't get caught. No. <laughs> Here. They're garbage. Oh, I hate these. Oh. Wait, caramel brownie. What? So, Hold up. Yeah. So we bought these, and then I. Stole one from a teacher friend and ate it, forgetting that it was going to be a taste test. So now we can't do an actual oh, okay. taste test. Well, let's hope. Is it, was it good? Yeah. All right. Maybe I, I like, like this one. Ooh, what? It's, what? It's got weird white stuff on it, but hey. Well, the cow tails always have weird white stuff. I've eaten worse. Mm. Oh my gosh, it smells so good. Mmm. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. These wow. are in the trash. That's garbage. This is like delicious. A fancy Tootsie Roll. It is, you're right. This is dang good. I hate normal cowtails. Hate them. Oh, I like cowtails. Hate them. This is good. Mm-hmm. You've redeemed my night. You're I'm in a good place again. You're welcome. These are good. Mm. So good. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you stole it from someone? <laughs> so, I mean, who leaves candy 
on their bookshelf. <laughs> Who leaves candy in their personal places? <laughs> and if expects it's not, it to not be taken. Yeah. Really? Who leaves candy in that inner pocket inside their purse, <laughs> inside the drawer of their own desk in their locked office, and not expect it to be taken? Fact. <laughs> No, but for real, it was on her open bookshelf, which after the fact, I was like, oh, she might have been leaving that there. Like she had pulled it out because she was going to eat it. And then she ran out of time. And, and they're she, like, I'm going to leave it someplace where I can see it uh-huh. and eat it. It's the first thing I get back. <laughs> it's okay. She came back the next day and she was probably like, did I eat that? I guess I did. What, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you see unattended candy. That's mine now. You're the worst kind of person. It's a really bad day! (laughs) So I thought, you know what? I'm going to reorganize the library. I'm going to reshelf the books. I'm going to, uh huh. (laughs) It's called genrefying, okay? Genrefy. It's where you put books by genres. It works really well for elementary libraries. So I walked up in there thinking, like the idiot that I sometimes can be, I can get this done in a day. Easy. I left Wednesday afternoon at 5 o'clock. I clock out every day at 3.15. Left at 5 o'clock and that library was flipped upside down. No joke. Kids came in Thursday morning and just like eyes huge. And I was like, yep, the library's closed until I get all the books back on the shelves. Sorry. Don't know what we're doing, but you're not checking out books. I can tell you that. <laughs> you should have just stood there, get all disheveled or whatever. We were robbed! <laughs> they came in, they flipped all the books! Why? <laughs> I missed such a good opportunity! <laughs> all the books out and they stole all my thumbtacks oh god <laughs> call the police <laughs> next up on our look back at the best of the back row morning show every wednesday we play a game on the show and one of our go-to games is would you rather a game that presents us with two choices and our goal is to guess the answer most people would have chosen. Uh, Here's a quick list of some of the best moments, starting with us deciding which is the best way to die, by tsunami or volcano. Personally, dying in a tsunami would be better because your body does this whole thing when you're drowning where it just, it shuts down, basically. However... Yeah. So the, the... Time of suffering isn't wouldn't be as long or as bad as if you were burning to death in a volcano. What if you went face first? Face first in a volcano? Yeah, then your brain would melt like almost immediately. And you'd no, be you would still feel the. That's not how it works, Matt. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> Miss Human Body Melting Expert. <laughs> that's not how it works. <laughs> Oh, gosh. All right. Brian, would you rather be in prison for 50 years or die? (laughs) What? That's what it says. 
That is what it says. What? Yeah. Uh huh. Oh my. Um. <laughs> this got even darker than that. I know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> it's getting worse. I, I'll say, fifty years in prison. No. No 56% way. Really? Percent of people said die. That's what I would have said. 50 years in prison? Wow. I'm going to end up dying there anyway, yeah, I mean, so I might as well just die and go acclimate. meet Jesus. You'd acclimate and no. have some sort of life? No. Wow. I'm not going to live to be that old. I'm 36. Yeah, you got a mouth on you too, so people exactly. would kill you pretty quickly. <laughs> didn't, you, didn't you see my Facebook post? Would you rather always have to say everything on your mind or never be able to speak again? What the heck? Which one, Matt? <laughs> Look, we're all fallen people. We all know that we think a lot of things most days that we would never say. And to have to always say everything you're thinking, I would much rather be mute for the rest of my life. Please be that answer. Nope. No way. No, 69%. Are Because you, you can write crap down, guys. There are people <laughs> that are mute in this world that get along just fine. You're going to want to, you're not going to have any friends. You're never going to be married. You're never going to have children. Because all you're going to do is say every terrible thing that ever comes into your brain. What is wrong with people? You're not thinking. You're going to sit there and say every awful thing that pops into your disgusting, depressed sin-enthused mind for the rest of your life? <laughs> Are you ready for the next question? <laughs> this is not how excited I wanted to be at freaking nine o'clock in the goddamn morning! Every Monday on the Back Row Morning Show, we take you to the Weird News Desk and bring you stories you likely haven't heard, and some you probably didn't want to hear. Here are our top three stories from last year. A slime mold known as Blob will be launched to the International Space Station where scientists will study how microgravity impacts the single-celled organism's capabilities. The Blob is also known as Physerum Polycephalum. Hey, I said it right. Uh, and the yellow mold has become an immense uh, of immense interest to scientists studying animal cognition because of how it can think, make decisions, sleep, learn, and even navigate a maze despite not having a brain. It has even been found to adapt and transmit knowledge to other slime molds. The blob will be launched on the Northrop Grumman's 16th Commercial Resupply Service mission. Uh, it's already happened. It happened on the 10th. <sighs> in addition to investigating what happens to the weirdly intelligent brainless blob in space, the experiment's aim is to promote the, scientists, the sciences to students and demonstrate how scientists conduct research in space. For those of you in the chat who are saying this is how you get among us, yeah. I know. This I is know. it. That's exactly what I was thinking. 
We were all wondering what the lore was behind that game. Uh-huh. Well, this is how this it is, begins. Yep. That the is brainless exactly Bob, Bob on the space station is going to learn how to replicate themselves into one of the astronauts. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how? Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just, there's no way to read this story and not think of a horror movie. It communicates with other blobs. It adapts and transmits information to other brainless blobs. It sleeps and eats, but it has is. no brain. I don't. Un- I, it can think and make decisions and has no brain. I don't understand at all. <laughs> to me, it's I mean, like I've, I've been accused of that. But <laughs> sign says no brawl money. Due to increasing temperatures and for our own personal safety, we will not be accepting bra money. Sorry for any inconvenience. I <laughs> am with them. I think that's okay. It's nasty. If it's coming it's out of your bra, okay. your sock, your waistband, no, stop it. So, Oriole says that he hated it when he worked at a bank in downtown Baltimore. I kind of think that downtown Baltimore bra money. Ooh. would be worse because <laughs> I mean it gets nasty hot there it really does oh, I thought you were judging the people <laughs> I thought you were pulling a Charles Barkley really? big old women down in San Antonio no, it... <laughs> those sweaty old women up in Baltimore <laughs> listen it gets nasty hot in Baltimore humid and sweating <laughs> Oriel said I'm judging the people <laughs> but on top of that you know, you know they just ate some crabs, and so they got they got crab sweat all over their dollar bills. Their body just leaking and butter. Most of them are smokers, so it's just it's gross. I apologize to everyone who lives in Baltimore. Listen, they're that's my family. I can't. My sister, my mom, or my stepmom, my dad, my grandmother. That's my family. Wet, smoky crab dollars. (laughs) And lastly, COVID's newest gift is nasty. Introducing restless anal syndrome. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Shut up. Well, read the the link before on her page before I got to the deadline. Is this for real? A septuagenarian in Japan reported deep and discom- anal discomfort. Uh, days after recovering from COVID-19, doctors have diagnosed the condition as restless anal syndrome. I mean, you couldn't come up with a better name, seriously. <laughs> the symptoms of which are consistent with restless leg syndrome. So imagine... Restless leg syndrome, which, you know, where you just can't stop moving your legs. It just feels so uncomfortable. Uh, they're just like, you know, you got that. Stop it. Well. Stop. You have it. Stop it. In your, in in the, your bottom. In the, up in there. In your bottom. And it's not, the the worst part, it's not, it's not like, just like the, the part that touches air. Thank you for the follow. That's why you're going to follow? 
Because we're talking about RAS. It's not the part that touches air. It's like six inches in. <laughs> <laughs> That's the part. <laughs> that is restless. Okay, can I just say something? Yeah. Everyone, everyone who has had COVID is now questioning, do I have R- RAS? We are all so very much in tune with our bodies right now. <laughs> just, yeah, we're all trying to figure it, it out. <laughs> Last up on our look back to the Backroom Morning Show in 2021 is a look at what you're missing if you don't join us on Twitch when we record bits for that next week of shows. Most Friday nights, sometimes Saturday mornings, we record all the secondary morning show segments with our friends on Twitch and Discord. And that often results in hilarious Twitch derailments like these, some of which aren't even on the final show. So apparently on Twitch you can't say loony. You can't say loony? Yeah, no. Is loony a bad word? Apparently. What is lo- Twitch's Twitch's <laughs> censoring system is weird. Twitches get stitches. <laughs> Strange. It came it's, up with bullying. It's bullying. Oh, okay. okay. Who? Hey, Matt. What uninventive Matt. bully? You loony. What? What exactly? What you know uninventive what? bully is saying "loony," expecting that to cut like a knife? <laughs> Dang right I am, homie. <laughs> Let's go have a Look at this a loony, loony good time. <laughs> this kid's straight up loony. A loony. Oh, you gonna cry? Burn. You gonna cry? Burn. That's what I thought. Bugs Bunny looking. <laughs> <laughs> Elma Fudd talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> Suffering, suck a tash, eating. All right. Wow. Here we go, guys. <laughs> when I was married and had kids, I didn't even have a cell phone. And then that shows how old I am. And then I'm right there with you, KY. Learn how to text. And then all of a sudden, you can text by touching the letter instead of touching. The number four key so many times to get oh, the letter you that was that so, was a rough I mean, time. things were working perfectly fine, but oh. but there are there are ways to improve. Listen, so, KY, this so. is a beautiful argument. If we learned how to better communicate through texting, then we can learn how to better communicate as people. Yes. Interpersonal communication, like you can know somebody better. Why are you making that face you right now? Know them. You're exactly and, right. I, okay, but, so, so can KY and on, I have I got, our own podcast, please? <laughs> you can, I have one you can have her, to KY. Text. Yeah, I have one more. <laughs> I'm kidding. Obviously, I'm kidding. You've tried to do this um, with other people and it's not as good. I'm true. the reason that's we're true. good. <laughs> <laughs> And after he got a second kid, he forgot everything. Yeah, that timed out about right for me, too. Oh, you read my cousin after he got his second kid. He forgot everything. That's how you read it. And I was like, he got his second kid? Like bottom? Like bottom? That's what I thought. <laughs> it was one of those subscription boxes we're going to talk about. <laughs> Dang it. I was hoping to get the 
the limited edition towel set and I got another kid. <laughs> oh my god. This is the worst subscription box. Why did you sign me up for this? We've gotten two kids already in a row. They look exactly the same. That's it. That's it. Cancel the box. We're done. I'm not paying for this anymore. Jelly of the month club. At least I'll get a different fruit every month. Gosh. <laughs> Kid sure. crate. You thought it'd be full of toys. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> it's a big, big wooden box with holes drilled in it. Shows up on my doors. Can't even get it in the dang door. Got a bed in there. <laughs> Return to center. Oh, man. <laughs> goodness any other day i don't think i would find this as funny as what i'm finding it right now but because i am absolutely exhausted well, did you get your kid crate you got the chase you got the golden one ah got the plain white kid <laughs> The most basic of all. Basic. <laughs> Nothing limited Eyes are edition brown. about this one. I mean, jeez. <laughs> oh my gosh. Kid grade is for timeouts. <laughs> Go sit in the box you came in. <laughs> Time out. Your bed's still in there. <laughs> if you'd like to get involved in the show too, join us at backrowdiscord.com and follow us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash LTN on air. Those are some of our best moments from 2021. We want to know what you think. Did you have a memory from our show last year that you think belongs on this list? Come share your thoughts in our Discord at backrowdiscord.com in the Respond to Show channel, or message us on any of the social medias at the Backrow LTN, or give us a call at 575-562-8052 and leave us a voicemail that we might use on the show next week. We'll be back with more. Stick around. New Year, same old me. Several years ago, I had a small gig as a writer for a little Christian webpage. Nothing ever really came of it, but I was able to process some really hard times in life through writing, and from that year or so, I acquired a small little stash of short essays. One of them was also titled, New Year, Same Old Me. All those years ago, my life was drastically different than where it is today. Although from the outside, it looked basically the same. A mom of three, a wife, a Christian woman living in New Mexico, struggling gracefully day by day. All the basics were the same, but from the inside, so much has changed. The Lord has done huge things in both my heart and my life. The main premise of my originally titled post was encouraging others to not overwhelm yourself or your recovery with burdensome resolutions. 
to find freedom in coming to the Lord just as you are. He does not require us to fix ourselves or have it all together before handing our lives over to him. For that truth, I thank him every day. I don't know a single Christian who actually has it all together. Every one of us requires new mercy with each new day. More recently, however, my heart has been heavily focused on the necessity to change. While God's word does instruct us to come just as we are, we're not supposed to stay as we are. In fact, God requires change. Romans 12:2 urges us to not conform to the world around us, but to be transformed with a new mind, a mind that is pleasing and in line with God. To transform, according to Merriam-Webster, means to make a thorough or drastic change in appearance or character of. I hear so many around me make statements validating their behavior as, that's just the way I am, or God made me this way, even God loves me just how I am. Let's clear the air about a couple things. First, God did not make you sinful. Remember that. He made us in his image. The world has made us sinful, more or less. If your behavior is out of character with God's, there's a large likelihood it needs to change. Secondly, excusing your behavior by saying it's just how you are is not only allowing sin to continue manifesting in your life, but it also belittles the power God has to transform our lives from wretched to worthy. As a new year has begun and you're focusing your mind on hopes and changes you're anticipating, let's remember, as Christians, our main desire should always be to reflect Christ more accurately day by day. More than a health goal, more than a financial goal, more than a marriage, parenting, career, educational, or any other lifestyle goal, Christ is our goal. Reflecting Him so that others would seek Him in their own lives. And yes, God does love you. He loves you so much more than you can even begin to comprehend. But God despises sin. It appalls him. Our sin is the only thing separating us from him. So if we're continuing to acknowledge our sin and not change, then we're continuing to separate ourselves from the one who loves us more immensely than we could ever know. My prayer for 2022 is simple and yet oh so tough at times to be different. Different from who I was, different from the world around me, different and set apart, all for the purpose of I know very little about. While today is a new year and in many ways I'm the same old me, my prayer is that I wake each day a little closer to the image of my Savior. I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. There's a lot going on in our Discord, backrowdiscord.com, where you get to chat after the show, share your own show ideas, keep up to date with our Twitch and YouTube, be a part of our radio shows, and also see the behind-the-scenes workings of Backrow Games, including Sunday School Answers. Again, go to backrowdiscord.com to join. This week and next week, we'll be taking a closer look at all the best and worst of 2021. So far, we've taken an outward look at the biggest headlines in the nation and world, and then looked inward to some of the best moments of our own show. Now we're taking an expanded look at the best Christian albums of 2021. 
Recently, I joined at the Real AA Batteries on IG Live for our yearly tradition of looking back on the music that made the year special. We each came up with our own list of the top 20 Christian albums of the year and compared them. Today, we'll take you through the first half of that list, counting down from 20 through 11. Here we go. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andrew from AA Batteries. I'm going. I'm going to be going live with LTN Radio really soon. Bing. Hello, hello. What's up? Can you hear me all right? Yep, I can. Can you hear me? I can. Long time no see. How you doing? It's been a minute. I'm doing all right, man. Doing okay. How are you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Christmas and New Year's good. This year it was all right. Yeah, it was all right. Mm-hmm. Uh, we uh, lost my mother-in-law a few few months ago, so we thought it'd be a lot harder than it was, but. It was more uh, more hopeful, good memories and stuff like that. So yeah. we're 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 happy. That's <laughs> for sure, for sure. But I'm excited to get into this list, man. Oh yeah, I've been, uh, waiting, for, I've been waiting for this. You know, yeah, last year was a I lot was... of fun. This year's going to be equally as fun. <laughs> So we were supposed to do this last Monday, so I was all hyped. I had the yeah. thing ready. I was like, let's go. And then technical issues. Mm-hmm. So I was so I, I was following your page, and I noticed that you were posting your top 20 songs of 2021. Yeah, we did that for uh, New Year's Eve. Uh, yeah. So we, play, we played them, had a show we put together for it, and then we posted them as they went. So that, that'll that give you a, a hint as to some of the stuff, but really, uh, for the most part, uh, you might you might notice a lot of the same artists on that list in this list, but the albums are are at least half different. Because <laughs> yeah, sure. alb- judging a full album is so much different than just judging singles and you know, yeah. special things. There can be very standout songs, but the rest of the album is garbage. So... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not going to be a one-to-one. Was it hard? Was it hard for you to pick out your favorite, your top albums? Honestly, this year it wasn't last year. It was this year. I don't think honestly, there were all that many, like I actually almost struggled to get to 20, um, this year. And I, I don't think it's because I don't think there were a, a larger percentage of bad albums. I just think there weren't as many albums period. Uh, because this would have been most albums, you know, are started at least the year before, you know, 2020, I don't think a lot of bands were diving into new material. Maybe they were, I don't know, but I just didn't seem, I didn't, I didn't nearly have as many uploads this year for the radio station as I did last year or any of the years previous. So do you feel like that there has been a transition to just artists releasing singles? Oh, definitely. There's a lot more, uh, a lot more of, of that when it comes to, because everything right now, uh, well, a heavy drive is TikTok and, uh, Instagram stories. Um, like if you can get your song popular um, popular enough to be used over and over again on TikTok, you got it made for a while, uh, <laughs> because people are going to be jumping onto your content, uh, nonstop. I really do think that the the idea of putting something out every month or even every other week is is becoming a more and more common thing now that 
albums in general, like physical albums <laughs> are almost going by the wayside. Like when was the last time you bought a CD? Like I don't, I forever ago for me. Now, now CD, I, I, I believe that CDs are like, um, are about to like get, get a hit. Vinyl is still popular just because it's vintage. Yeah. Like it so, came back into yeah. popularity. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure we'll see the same thing with cassette tapes and CDs. No, I, I don't think so. Honestly, does it have the, doesn't have the draw that a, that a vinyl does final, whatever right. you pronounce it. <laughs> you, you ready to get into this? Yeah. Yeah. I'll let you lead the show. So you just, okay, you tell so, me what we're doing. Okay. Sounds good. So we're Oh, whoops. My bad. Uh Oh, <laughs> you're, you're gone. Yep, I am. There we go. My car may do that. I'm coming for my car just just so I can have to keep it quiet. So are you at a are you in a McDonald's parking lot? No, just uh, <laughs> in my apartment complex parking lot. Okay. So, I know you suggested that. That's what, yeah, that was my suggestion. There was a time we didn't have internet at all, and that's what I would do. I would just go up to McDonald's, sit in the parking lot, get myself a, a Coke, and sit in, the, sit in the parking lot for three or four hours doing work. That, that <laughs> works. works. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to start from 20 and then just go from there. All right, back and forth. Yep. Countdown. We can do that. Okay, so my for for number 20 – it's going to be Judah's three plus seven. Um, so originally Judah released an album called seven earlier this year. Then he released another album called three plus seven, basically just adding three extra songs to it. Mm -hmm. I've heard of, I've heard of Judah before, but I've never really give him, given him a full listen. And honestly, I've been missing out. It's just, I'm a sucker for original worship uh, original and creative worship albums. There have been plenty of congregational worship that's just that that honestly it just doesn't really affect me or doesn't really interest me that much. With Judah, he brings his own style, he brings his own passion, he brings his own uniqueness to the project, and he's just fun to listen fun to listen to on this project. Now the production value is not as good. Bear in mind though, bear in mind though. He does a lot of the production himself, so give give him some credit where credit is due, though. And his lyrics are honest and original, and original. And he has some good guest guest uh, artists on there, such as John Foreman, Amanda Lindsay Cook, and John John Guerrera. It's just a it's, it honestly is one of the best uh, worship albums of tw of 2021. And I also noticed that uh, one of Judas' songs is actually made uh, actually was number one for the uh, countdown irresponsible mm -hmm. which isn't on that album uh it's no, just a single by itself no but yeah it's like three extra singles in 2021 you sure did yeah is which is really interesting just because you can hear the production quality getting better on those singles from the last mm -hmm. album so i'm really excited to hear more from him in the future but he's my he's at number 20 for me all right yeah I'm going to, I'm going to refrain from talking on them because that is on my list as well later on. Okay. Um, but number 20, uh, I have Crowder with uh, milk and honey. Uh, so kind of, you know, Crowder's Crowder style has always been this kind of weird worship, hip hop, country rock blend, uh, but it just works. I'm not sure any other artist could pull it off as best as, as good as he can. Um, he's got his own style, but you know, 
he's got sweet G, you know, sweet Jesus, higher power, good God almighty, all just their, their worship songs, but not the kind of cookie cutter worship song stuff that you normally hear, uh, in ad nauseum rotation, uh, on Caleb and what have you, um, just fun stuff. You know, it's, 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 it's worship that makes you want to move, you know, which, yeah. <laughs> which, uh, is a rarity these days. For sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's all it's all long, drawn out, eleven minute ethereal stuff these days, and yeah, I'm not I'm not digging that as much. But uh, like yeah, Crowder Milk and Honey, or Carrie Joe, Bethel, <laughs> yeah. that kind of stuff. King Carnes, yeah, or not King Carnes, Cody Carnes. Since yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we're on the, we're on to nineteen now. Nineteen. Okay, 19 for me is Blanca with Renovada. Um, so, for those of you who for those of you who do not know, there used to be a uh, a band called Group One Crew. Um, that was in the mid two th- that was in the mid 2000s, and Blanca was part of that group. It was pretty much like the Christian Black Eyed Peas, uh, pretty much. I'll give you that. Yeah, that's a that's a fair fair equation. But here's the thing, though. Uh, Blanca was a better singer than Fergie. Um, and <laughs> I'm just, uh, I'm just being honest here. Uh, Blanca just has an amazing voice and it just shines on this EMP. It's all in Spanish, but it's just, but the, the, but the beats are solid. It's well, it's well produced and it's got some pretty, pretty good, uh, guest, uh, vocalists as well, such as Gavi and what up RG on there as well. And I just I just love uh, hearing Blanca sing. She has just an ama- amazing voice, and it shines on each song on that EP. So if you never heard of that EP, go give it a listen. I'm sure you'll enjoy it. So that's my, that's number nineteen. Yeah, I was wondering why I hadn't heard of that before, and it's probably because it was all in Spanish. I didn't even give it a listen. Uh, <laughs> but uh, and I said I don't think I put two and two together that that's the Blanca from uh, Group One Crew. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to give it a listen. It's a uh, no, oh, yeah. go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, pl- I was please just finish go off your on thought. A tangent, but uh, <laughs> you go ahead with your 19. All right, 19 for me is uh, "Holy Rebellion" by Holland. Um, specifically, the tracks like "Wish It Were That Easy" and "Headspace." Uh, this takes her into more of a, 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 a pop persona, which she's kind of been doing in the, in the recent years, you know, a little more popish, a little less hip hop. Uh, you know, she came, came up under, you know, like Toby Mac, you know, as, as one of the, one of the singers, one of the backup singers for him constantly. Um, but yeah, this, this is, she's been doing a lot more music that leans toward like relationships and, uh, I'd say a, a steady mix of relationship songs and then religious okay. songs, which I'm fine with. I think that's a trend that we're seeing more and more lately is that Christian artists are more and more willing to sing about things that aren't just, just faith, you know, <laughs> like faith is an as- aspect of everything, but our lives are still made up of every other kind of emotion and relationship yep, yep. and thing to deal with. Why has it been so, uh, ostracizing to sing about them? Um, but, uh, Holy Rebellion is a. Uh, I don't want to just. I don't want to use the word fun because that's too simplistic. But it's it it it's poppy and yet deep deeper. You know, it brings you into more of a uh, introspective 
thought process when it comes to how we handle relationships, how we handle breakups, how we handle getting back together, those kind of things. I like it a lot, Very especially good. as someone who's been married for uh, 16, 17 years. I don't know how long, a long time, long enough for me to forget how long it's been. Uh, you know, I don't remember those, those feelings yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. of breaking up. And if, so I'm, I'm, living that kind of vicariously through these songs <laughs> what it would be like <laughs> cool cool number 18 so for for this one i maybe may have cheated a little bit uh because um i got a tie i got a tie for 18 here you did this last time too <laughs> <laughs> you wound up having like your top 27 albums because you had so many ties <laughs> ties for this for this one <laughs> i'll let it slide <laughs> i found loopholes uh -huh, uh -huh. <laughs> um, the first one is flames ep christ for you yeah okay so with this one like the beats are something that you would hear on any um on, on any rap album and his, you know, his vocals are, are just straight up, you know, flame style. What separates this, though, is I felt like sitting in a theological seminary listening to this EP. It's all, it's like, from what I could, t from what I've heard, he, uh, Flame actually went to sem seminary for a master's in theology or, or something like that. Hmm. And it shows in this EP, he took, he, the main topic of this EP is the bread and wine of Christ and talking about like the council of Nicaea and talk and talking about all these specifics of church history and what it really means, uh, what it, what the bread and wine of Christ really means. It actually was a very engaging list, engaging listen. And that's kind of what like separates it from all the other, uh, from all the other stuff that I've listened to over the past year. So that's so I'm reading some of the lyrics now and I see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. He, that's he interesting. You need to like for um, a person needs to like listen to that EP multiple times to fully like understand what he's like talking about pretty much. He goes deep on this. And I've never really heard that in a rap album. Yeah. Before. Flame has always been kind of hit or miss for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't even recall seeing this in my, my list of releases. So yeah, I'm, I'm interested in seeing, I would have remembered that uh, cover. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I'm interested in seeing what that's about. I'm going to give that a shot. And the next, <sighs> and the, the other tie is Indie Tribe. All right. Indie Tribe's upper hand. So now that one is just a fun album, you know, led by no big deal. And, and along with, uh, Mowgli, the Iceberg, and John Keith. It's just a fun album. Each artist gets their time to shine. No Big Deal is obviously the more famous artist, but each but each artist that is on that on that um, just is just as good as No Big Deal. Honestly, it's a like um, he's not as good as other rap rap groups in the past such as cross move it or grits or T or deep space five but i'm excited to hear more from indie tribe though it's it's really good it's a really good album to listen to all right all right all right uh number 18 for me 
is uh, a collaboration between Hyper Fenton and Jay Stew. It's called Summer's Back. It's an EP um, that's <laughs> – it's okay. The way that I described it here, it's a bunch of hip-pop synth wave rap songs designed to make pool parties bangers. That's how I described it. That's great. Um, but the, the, the best track in it is uh, Must Win, uh, which features um, – uh, oh, gosh. Why can't I remember their names? The two guys, oh, Marty and, and, and Fern. I don't remember their group name Social now. Club Social Club Misfits. Thank you. Yes. Uh, features them on it. It's really fun. I just, I never heard of Hyper Fenton until this year. And he's one of those that does a lot of the singles as opposed to putting out, a, uh, you know, a lot of full albums. Yeah. Um, but as soon as I found, I think the first song I found him was Meditation. It might have been last year. It might have been the end of last year. But the first one I saw was Meditation, and since then I've been following him nonstop. Uh, we've added so much of his back catalog to the station. Uh, but he released he released two EP albums this year. I, actually, I don't know if this qualifies as an EP or not. It was like eight songs. Um, but Summer's Back that he did with Jay Stu, and then he released another one. This is just kind of an honorable mention. It's not – oh, no, it's not an honorable mention because I'll talk about it later. <laughs> I forgot. That's on my list too. All right, so he's on my list twice. We'll talk about him again later on. <laughs> really cool. That's what I. That's why I love talking to you about music. I get to hear all these artists I've never uh, heard of. So. Well, you do that to me too sometimes, man. Sometimes I get – it's it's easy to get um, – Hyper focus on artists you already know, you know when you're when you're looking for new music to yep. to put on a radio station. So, artists and albums that are more popular, of course, put in put into your vision first. But you, when you're looking for things that are off the beaten path, you still kind of look for the ones that you're already familiar with. So every now and then, if I can hear uh, someone else say, "Hey, have you heard this before?" and I get surprised that I haven't, you know, it, it, it's it's good. It makes me grow as a, as a yeah, station sure. manager. <laughs> What's your number 17? So, at number 17, I've got Worship Forever by Michael W. Smith. Mm. So, Michael W. Smith has been in the game for a very, very long time. Like 42 years? uh, (laughs) About about that much. Well, (laughs) he he released music in the 80s, so Mm -hmm. I wouldn't be be surprised, (laughs) honestly. And... Okay, now this album is honestly really special because I don't know if you know remember this, but twenty years ago he re- twenty years ago he released an album called Worship, um, right? Yes. And uh, and that's that album was played on repeat when I was in junior high. Uh, Worship mom, and the next one, Worship again. Yeah, both of yep, them. Yep. My mom played that on repeat, and honestly, it <laughs> it holds it holds a special place in my heart. So when I saw that this album was getting like a a, a, re, a remake or an update or whatever i was like i'm very interested in listening to this and honestly it holds up very well and it also is just refreshing to hear some uh 90s worship songs such as uh, above above all such as above all dude. such uh, such as heart of worship with matt redman as a guest vocalist what it's and uh, also awesome god as well that has an awesome drum line at the beginning and uh, and honestly it's like it doesn't follow like the congregational 
like vibe that uh, most worship albums have. It's very heartfelt. And also it has like a cinematic feel with the string, with the strings added in. It's just, uh, it's just a really enjoyable listen and just takes me back 20 years, 20 years ago too. It's very nostalgic. Michael W. Smith did a really fantastic job with this. So, yeah, I didn't realize that this album was a, was, was doing like older music. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought this was just, I just thought this was a late third edition to that uh, trilogy. So well, it also, it also is interesting just because he released it on 20, like the album released 20 years ago on nine 11. So, uh, so basically it released like around the, when the twin towers fell. Wow. So, so, and then, and then this past year, it was the 20th anniversary of nine 11. So he released, right. so he released it around the same time. Okay. So he's got forever heart of worship, draw me close. Wow. Above all. And so these were all live. These were all live. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I might need to give this one a listen. He's got a couple of newer ones in there. He's got uh, more love, more power. You got Waymaker in there. Oh, let it rain, dude. Let it rain from those original yes. albums. Yeah, I love that one. <laughs> turn, put it, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Open the eyes of my heart. Yeah, he's going. He's going old school for a lot of these. Wow. Okay. Okay. Uh, number seventeen for me is uh, Angie Rose's Unstoppable EP. Uh, this is one of the songs that were on my list, uh, for the best songs, which is meet me heaven on earth. Uh, but also she's got a song called not a monster on there that I really like. Uh, she is a fantastic Hispanic influenced, uh, rap also semi pop album. Um, feel, you feel just as homeless at home, listening to this in the club as you would in the youth room. So my opinion is, uh, meet me heaven on earth really is, a is one of those that it's, it's, it rides that perfect line of you through man club. Cause I mean, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's talking about, uh, <laughs> well, it's, you know, there's a, there's a direct lyric of, you know, meet me at the party. You know, I'm not yeah. just anybody, but it's uh, talking about how I, I'm, I'm going to get you so hyped for Jesus. I'm, I'd make an atheist say hallelujah. You know, that kind of thing. It's, you know, it's, <laughs> um, so it's, it's, it's just fun. I, this is the first I've heard of her. Um, and yeah. I, I can't give you a whole lot of background on her. Uh, but I think she's going to be bringing a lot more, uh, to the party here in the next few years. Uh, so that's, that's definitely fun. someone to watch. Angie Rose. <laughs> what do you got for 16? 16, I got Imago Amor by Remedy Drive. Mm. So, uh, so Remedy, like, I remember Remedy Drive during my high school, college days. But they, they honestly got more, like, independent and as in focusing more on fighting human trafficking with um, raising money for uh, awareness and a, a fight uh, with that good cause. Yeah, they did, didn't they? Yeah. And this, and this album, it doesn't, this album, it, some songs touch on that, but but even then, from beginning to end, it's just it's remedy it's remedy drive. They start they uh, two of the song two uh, songs on there that are just fun to listen to. Dragons, dragons is good. Like a, it's just like a fun rocker just to start off the album. Then each then each song gets then after that though it gets pretty mellow, but it's still enjoyable. It's still enjoyable though. Yeah, and that's and, more that's more. 
Remedy Drive style, at least in the last few years, is the more mellow stuff. But uh, Dragons, I did enjoy a lot. Now, one of my favorite tracks, songs of the year, though, was Using My Name. Um, it's that that album is just a piano driven song, just talking about kind of like the hypocrisy of the church mm. uh, of some churches, and it's just raw, honest, and real. And there have been, and uh, I appreciate those songs that are just they're not just for radio play; they're to call, they're to call out um, either some certain people or certain organizations for hypocritical actions or whatever but so but yeah those are the kinds that you won't hear on the radio <laughs> no 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 but those are the kinds that we tend to play <laughs> stuff that you don't hear on the radio yeah yeah with lyrics like lustful pride bribes and lies of the arrogant as yep. lyrics yeah you're not going to hear that on <laughs> it's not quite that positive encouraging uplifting song they're looking for nope you're not at all. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know what? I, I don't think I listened to much more than Dragons on there because I knew they were going back. To, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the normal Remedy Drive style. Um, yeah. but I might need to go listen to that one for sure. For sure. Yeah. Interesting lyrics. All right. Number 16 for me. This one, I don't know if it's cheating or not. I don't know if it counts or not. Uh, and I think that's been up in the air since the first album that was this way, but I have, Kanye West's Donda in this list. Um, or I guess he's yay now, legally. Is he he really? legally changed his name to yay. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, not as good as Jesus is King, uh, but I still think it's pretty dang inventive. Uh, it, it's on here almost as a work of art as opposed to an album, <laughs> because that's kind of how his style has been to be. Uh... <laughs> Outside of the box, uh, yeah. lyr lyrically, musically. Um, but he's got songs like Jail, Heaven and Hell, uh, a lot of interesting standouts. Controversial, of course, given uh, several non-believers featured both on the album and on his weird tour. Uh, but still, face value, it's a, it's a bit of a, an overlong mess with a few very spectacular highlights, uh, which is... You know, again, not as good as Jesus King. Jesus King, I think, was a, a solid, you know, high point. Uh, yeah. but, but this one, this one's more coming down, talking more about his own struggles in, uh, trying to live this new kind of Christ life, Christ like life, but still being freaking Kanye West and how yes. that's yeah. got to be very difficult. <laughs> Um, I don't mind so much personally that he has, you know, non, non-believers in there because in most of the songs, they're still trying to talk about religious things or at least in some, many of them anyway. And they're talking about their spirituality, even if they, these people haven't reached a, a, uh, you know, a crescendo of coming to Christ. Uh, I don't, I don't ever want to discourage artists who aren't believers from singing about their journey to trying to find some sort of faith or trying to find hope. Uh, because I think that is going to touch a lot of people who are in that yeah. same boat. Yeah. And even that in and of itself can bring people to Christ. If they hear 
oh, well, this, this artist that, you know, normally they're out there talking about butts and money, <laughs> just let out this whole, whole verse about, you know, the, the things that they're struggling with and searching for hope and searching for faith. And, and I was like, okay, so this is a normal thing that I'm feeling. I'm going to exp- explore that, you know, myself. So yeah, sure. I, yeah. So I, I don't begrudge that as a, uh, a tactic. I think we're at a point too where, Christian music is sometimes going the other direction in that we are getting a little bit more mainstream, but not in the bad way that we used to think of it as like, not just, you know, crossing over, like, you know, they gave all kinds of heck to Amy Grant back then 40 years ago when she became, you know, a pop artist as opposed to a Christian artist. But in this way, we're more bleeding into, uh, just kind of a reality zone. We're, 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 we're fading out a little bit of the Jesus and puppies box that we put our music in. And like talking about real stuff, uh, Andy Minio is one of the people that I think of right away when I hear that, because you hear, especially this, the, the track, uh, tracks off the album that he has this year really gets into like deep questions, deep struggles. He talks about, you know, cussing talks about, you know, uh, whether or not he's actually listening to what God's saying, if he even wants to, you know, all these kind of real struggles that we deal with real life. Like I said, like I was saying with, uh, um, I don't even remember whatever the other album, is. <laughs> yeah. real things that we're not allowed to talk to, uh, talk about on, on Christian radio these days. So, uh, I am firmly fine with putting Kanye West, uh, in this, this list. <laughs> Well, I, I honestly feel like that Christian Christian radio pushed has pushed out rap, has pushed out rock, has pushed out all of these different artists. Basically, say basically saying if you don't conform to our style, then we're not going to play you. So right now, it's like they'll, they'll throw a bone to the softest kill it song on the album that's usually still re-recorded, even softer for K Love. And that's about it. <laughs> a Toby Mac song. That'll be the other thing. That's their rap demographic and Skillet is their rock demographic. <laughs> and they got it covered. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is a bummer because there's so much more awesome music on there uh, in this world that we're just not hearing about. Well, well I know for me, like one of the re- one of the ways that I've known about all this music is because going to JesusFreakHideout.com and looking at mm-hmm. all the releases, I ain't going to Christian radio or anything like that. <laughs> I'm just searching for that myself on Spotify, on YouTube. Yeah. And that honestly is a that or that honestly a lot of rock and rap artists they just gave up on Christian radio or Christian labels altogether. Either go independent or they they just go their own way, pretty much. Yeah. So. Yeah. You are right there. All right, what's okay. your uh, 15? We're already, wow, we're a fourth of the way through. Well, I, I have Nothing is Ordinary, Everything is Beautiful by Apollo LTD. Oh, so, I forgot all about that album. That's not on my list, but it should be. So, uh, so now, I first listen, I first listened to the song, like, on the way up 2.0 from from back row radio when it was called back row radio yeah radio. um so i was like oh this is pretty good and then i noticed that they released an album this this past year so i'm like okay i'll give this a listen to because i know they're pop and I, I and i wasn't really expecting much but it's this is fine quality pop music though. yeah yeah this yeah yeah just this isn't just christian radio there are christian radio 
like ready songs on there, such as you or or even or um let me see here, or even rulers or paper. But it's but they took it seriously. They weren't just going to do some Jeremy Camp uh, pop music. I'm sorry. I hate Jimmy Camp sound. Right? Oh no! Oh, that hurts. right now. Give me, give me grunge, Jeremy Camp. Please. That's, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you're right. I like the old sound version a lot better. But a <laughs> LTD like leans into the pop music in all the right ways. It's just a fun listen. And plus, yeah. like, Good Day has Social Club Misfits on there. Good on Day, there yeah, that's well. my favorite. And that's honestly one of the hot, one of the highlights of the album. Honestly, every For sure. song is just fun. Every song is every song is honestly just in, an enjoyable listen. Honestly, <laughs> like Apollo LTV has made uh, a pop music in all the right ways. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't put that on my list, man. I forgot all about that album. I really did. Uh, but yeah, the, the Apollo LTD is, is um, let's see. The first one, the first the first song that I heard from theirs was the one that where they were tired of L.A. That's what it was. Okay. Tired of L.A., which, you know, that one is, that one sounded more like a just a secular mainstream kind of song. It, it didn't seem to be all that focused on, uh, spirituality until you really dug in deeper into the lyrics, but, uh, and what they're trying to say. But that's what, that was my first experience. And I'm like, this is, this is interesting. This is, this is, this is pleasant to listen to. <laughs> it didn't matter what the lyrics were. I'm like, I like this. And so, yeah, uh, we play a lot of them. For sure. Uh, 15, 15 for me is, uh, Switchfoot in Terabang. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. they, this, this one, so, Switchfoot is weird in that, like every every other album, they do one that's full of, um, like earworm songs, easy to sing along, easy to yes. remember, and then ones with just incredibly weird runs, incredibly long lyrics, things that aren't yeah. catchy and quick, but Fair are still enough. very good. Uh, so <laughs> this album is one of those kind of weird ones. Uh, the hard way, I need you to be wrong. Uh, it's it's. It's not the it's not the same album as Native Tongue was, you know, a couple of years ago. It's a completely different style of album, which is what they've done their whole career, really. Uh, but it's full. Uh, that was full of catchy pop hooks. Native Tongue was. This one's more nuanced, and it requires several listens to fully appreciate, just like that other album you were talking about. Uh, and some might not take it that far because this is kind of more of an experimental nature uh, album. A lot of the tracks are a little bit weird, um, but I think it's really worth it. It's worth giving it fully uh, yep. several full listens. Uh, it's one. Of, it reminds me of when I first got the Jesus Freak album, and for the first like five years that I owned that that album. I skipped Mind's Eye, the song, yeah, the next to last song on the album. Yep. So, wow, this is just weird. Every time I listen to it, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to listen to it anymore. And it wasn't until like, you know, five or six years after I had the album, which I played nonstop, that I gave it another listen. I'm like, oh, this is great. <laughs> I just didn't yeah. give it enough. I didn't give it enough of a chance. <laughs> that's that's kind of what this album feels like to me. Um, but of course, it's it's. Lyrically beautiful, vocally beautiful. The music is amazing, as always. Switchfoot is 
one of the the kings of their genre for sure. So uh, give it give it several full listens. That's my advice. <laughs> <laughs> number so number fourteen for me. I've got you got to say something for Pan- from Panther City Riots. Uh, I'm surprised and- at how different our lists are. I'm very surprised. Um, like for me, I, like I, I had like a criteria for like grading, like what would what I would consider like the best albums uh, of the year. So uh, for this one though, it's this like this is an independent band. I like half of these artists I'm talking about, I've never even heard of. Yeah, um, I'm not sure I've heard this one. It doesn't yeah, look it's familiar. An release. And you could not, you hear the album and you think it comes straight from the eighties or the nineties. It's I it's love albums like is, that. The focus is on the synth, honestly. And it's and each each song is carefully crafted. It sounds simple, but it's still very it's still a very well done album, honestly. It's kind of it's kind of has a punk rock synth synth feel to it. it each song is good. The last three songs for me personally are uh my favorite my favorites out of the track without uh without your love let me see if i can remember this off the top of my head um but don't look back and then forever and i always i like the last tracks specific the last the um without your love and forever i'm a sucker for rock for uh rock albums that have one or two worship tracks Mm, yeah 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 and both those both without your love and forever are just are are just plain worship tracks and without saying the word god or jesus you know the whole u2 vibe uh, pretty much mm, so, gotcha yeah yeah this looks like uh, one i'm gonna listen to as soon as we're done talking tonight sounds good. <laughs> sounds good. uh okay where are we at uh, uh 14 all right, fourteen. This this one is a, a surprising uh, addition, even for me, because I don't tend to go for bands like this. Uh, but I have Kane uh, with Rise Up on here. Uh, worship music tends to all sound the same to me. It's a it's a muddy genre, uh, but Kane, I just it, they have something special. They have something special about them, uh, and their their song Rise Up, Lazarus, uh, hits very different. Uh, this is, this is their original. I think it's already been covered by a couple bands, but this is their original song. Great album, great vocalists. Uh, just, it's a, it's, it's still in that genre of typical worship music that you would hear. Yeah. Uh, this, the, you know, I mean, this band you will hear on Caleb, but I think it's just a step above. They're doing it in a, a more, um, ideal way (laughs) for the listener. So, uh, yeah, this, and they're new. I mean, they're brand new, but, uh, really good stuff. Can I, does it have like we, the kingdom vibes to it? Uh, yes, I believe so. Um, we, the kingdom is also kind of in that, that, uh, wheelhouse for me. Oh, that's even one of their albums (laughs) live at the wheelhouse, uh, free. Amen. Um, but no, uh, Stay dead. What do they do? Kids are going nuts out there. Can you hear my kids? Oh yeah, that's why I'm in my car. So gosh, <laughs> uh, but yes, yeah, they have a very We the Kingdom vibe to them. <laughs> <laughs> my gosh, he's just going. <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> running up and down the hallway. Yeah, I'm sure you'd see my kids in the background if I was in my house as well. So. Suave Colion, what is up? He's in your chat right now. Yes, yeah. I love that guy. <laughs> Good music. Good music. All right. 13? What's your 13? Okay, number 13. Now, uh, it, this album's car, called Dart by Crumb. Um, have you ever heard of Crumb before? Yes, yes. Crumb, uh, and he also does a lot of albums with, oh, what's his name? Anyway, yes, I have heard of Crumb. K-U-R-M, right? K-U-R-M? Yes. yes. Yeah. So, formerly known as Play-Doh, he's been in the the hip-hop scene, underground hip-hop. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. That's Play-Doh? Yeah, he changed I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought he was just a brand new person I never heard of. We play a couple of his songs. I've never, I guess I've never played them close enough together. Wow, I'm sorry. Yeah, sorry to derail you there. Go right ahead. That no, just okay. caught me it's by okay. surprise. Yeah, well, it's like he changed his name like a couple years ago, like in, I think 2016 or 17 or something like that. Wow. Rebranded, I guess. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. But with Crumb, with Crumb though, I this is actually one out of my two uh, slots that I have for him. He actually released two albums this year. Um, wow. One of and now he's very under the radar, like yeah, very indie. Like you got indie, then you got very, <laughs> then you got very indie where you don't really, never really heard of the, heard of the artist before. But with with Dart, it's it's more of a concept. He actually has a book tied to that album. Uh, Dart stands for Dirty Angels Ride Tonight, and it, it, and if you've ever heard of Plato before. <laughs> Um, if you've ever heard of Plato's stuff in years past, this is this is full on Plato through and through. His own style, his own charm and charisma in each and every track, and you still got the heart and the passion uh, uh, behind it all. You got the slick beats with some uh, solid guest artists, including Propaganda and Sunny from POD. Um, it's just it honestly is just a really well done. A rap album the last track wow. the last track honestly hits deep because it's all about his relationship with his son so um i that i personally i personally just uh that's personally one of my favorites just because that just hits home being a parent so i know i know we have songs from him but i think they're all collaborations with a, another artist called theory has it yep yep um and so i don't think i have anything just by him and so I, it's Dart, and then the other one he releases here is Black Lung. Is that correct? Yep, that and that's in my list as well. Okay, we won't. We can talk about it then. Then, but yeah, I'll, I'm going to write those down and check those out. So yeah, he's not on any of my uh, new releases lists because he is so under the radar. But I am honestly shocked that that's Plato. I really didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. See, this is why this is why you you are a benefit to me, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <Plenty> of service. <laughs> so uh, 13 for me is Fall Star uh, with their album Sun Breather. Um, this is just a solid rock. Whoa. Did you lose your, drop your phone? There I you dropped go. my phone. Yeah. <laughs> oh, 
Only the best high quality. No. Uh, False Star, it's, uh, Sun Breather is one of the songs, the, the title track. They have Cloud Chamber, Waiting. Uh, it's, a, it's an incredibly riff-heavy album full of very thoughtful uh, enticing lyrics. Uh, this was actually the first year that I'd heard of them, but they've been around for a good long while. Yeah. Um, but uh, this, th- their newest album, very fun, and uh, has made me go back and check out some of their older stuff as well. I don't have a whole lot to say about them because I don't really know all all that much about them, but uh, really good stuff. Okay. So, my for number twelve, I've got Sarah Groves with "What Makes It Through." So Sarah, you know, Sarah Groves has been a CCM artist that has been in the game for almost 20 years, I think. Good while, yeah, good long while. And honestly, like with each track, you've got like some CCM artists who uh, know their audience and stick with their sound, don't want to push create creativity or push any boundaries. And then you have other artists who are who still are very popular but still push boundaries and push how creative they can be and that is this album right here with what makes what makes it through um pulling in different different um pulling in different instruments and what do you know i need to do this again there you go pulling in pulling in different instruments and using introspective and really unique lyrics to to describe uh you know relationships and situations that come that come on in life and plus when i listen to that album her voice is just so clean. It's just so uh, beautiful, honestly. Just it just sounds so pure and 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 innocent, and it's just a wonderful, uh, wonderful uh, album to experience, honestly. So that's so that would be my number twelve right there. Alrighty, um, my number twelve is a formerly independent band who just got signed. Uh, I guess it was mid 2020, uh, but they're they're a band called Relent. Uh, very heavy rock band uh, gives you. Uh, it's kind of it gives me thousand foot crutch vibes, honestly. Uh, their first album uh, entitled Rise, I think it was, was re released when they signed with Rockfest Records, um, but and that was last year. But they came out with a new album this year called Heavy. Uh, and the album is exactly what it entails. Uh, it is very heavy, both in, uh, music and in, in topics. Um, they talk about pretty much all the, all the worst things <laughs> in this world. Uh, including there's a, there's a whole song that, that talks about like rape and, and sexual abuse. There's, 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 uh, this is not a pop in and drive to the coast, you know, with the with the top down kind of album, but it's a a very very deep, very very um, both soul crushing and yeah. inspiring at the same time. If you know what I'm saying, yeah. <laughs> but they have songs like Heavy, Ghost, Low, Last Days. Uh, they're all amazing songs dealing with very heavy topics. Um, and I'd recommend going and getting their, their re-release of the first album too, Rise. Uh, it says that the, there's the song on there called, uh, Send a Miracle is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, it, it really does. It feels like a, it feels like a song for a WWE entrance. 
oh. you know, like a wrestler coming. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean this this is a this is a band that really uh, really lived on the grind as an independent rock band for a long time, and I feel like it's hard for Christian rock bands to get signed at all oh, these sure. days. Uh, but they're they're killing it. So uh, heavy by relent. <laughs> okay. Okay, so this is my last tie right here. So. <laughs> uh, number 11. Shenanigans. Uh, we got both hard rock albums. We've got this one band called Panto Crator with Marching Out of Babylon. Then we have, uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Phineas with The Fire. Phineas, yeah. Yeah. Both Phineas albums, is good. It's like hard rock, good hard rock albums are do not – are not as prevalent as they used to be, honestly. Um, like back in like high, my high, like the early 2000s to mid 2000s, uh, you would hear like hard rock Christian Christian albums left and left and right. I would yeah. like nowadays there were a lot. Hard to, they're really hard to come by, honestly, because there's no market for it in the Christian mm-hmm. realm anyway. But it's just so refreshing to hear it though, to hear like. Both of these uh, hard rock albums, and they're both different too. You got Pentacrator, um, who's like from the gate one, like their first song. It's like they just, they, you know, what you're getting into with double with double bass pedals and just crunchy guitars. It's like it's it, it kind of just punches you in the face with how intense it is, and it just doesn't really, it does not slow down uh, from each song and. In most of the songs, the singer is just growling. Honestly, it's just so much. Um, yeah, fun. they're they're one of those they're one of those Swedish yes metal bands, right? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> we had to we had to draw the line with those with healthy uh, and radio. Too many people are like, look, if I can't understand what they're saying, I'm not getting into it. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we might be bringing back like a heavy metal like hour or something yeah. once a week or something soon. Cause that was fun. And I know there's a market for it at least briefly <laughs> progressive death metal. That's what it says. They are. <laughs> there you go. Then you have, then I have, uh, Pentacrator is a good name, by the way, just before you jump into it. No uh, yeah. Cause that's, that's, um, they spell it with a K, but I mean, it's spelled with a C normally, which uh, translates to almighty, all powerful. You know, it's a specific kind of way Christ is represented. Um, often him like holding the Bible, like in a painting, you know, it's, or not, not the Bible specifically, but, you know, scripture, uh, the Torah at the time. Uh, it's, that's a, that's a fun, that's a fun name, uh, choice. Yes. Like I always think, I always think we're going to run out of, uh, Christian iconography uh, to repurpose as band names, but they keep finding them. They keep finding them. (laughs) (laughs) What was your second one in the tie? Uh, Again? Phineas. Phineas. Yeah, Phineas. Yeah. They're good. I listen to it like, I listen to that album, and honestly, it's like a combination, in my opinion, of Demon Hunter and Ivory Line. If you ever. Yeah. like the intense Demon Hunter, because yeah. like, Demon Hunter's gotten more mellow over the over the pre. Uh, I mean, they alternate, yeah. 
they, they've got they've got their reimagined and their piece, but you know they came out with that uh, those two albums a couple of years ago, War and Peace together, yeah. and the War yeah. was legit. Yeah, uh, but so is the piece. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. It's because uh, you got you know because you got the soaring vocals, you've got the uh, yeah you got the awesome screams just thrown into the thrown into the mix. It's just something that you could listen to. You could listen to uh, in the mid two thousands when you had like Under Oath, Demon uh, Demon Hunter, when you had Under uh, Oath, like, man, Fit for a King, and when you had the Showdown, when you had all of these iconic uh, cri- hard rock Christian artists. Fit for a King's still there. Fit for a King's still there. It is Showdown too. Yeah. Yeah, they, they uh, actually released an album last year. Fit for a King. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain the Showdown had a single this year. Really? Uh, let me see. But uh, F- Finney, Finney Haas, or yeah, however it's pronounced, I just call it Phineas, like Phineas and Ferb. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that had uh, the storm in me, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's 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 one song that's definitely in our rotation. I love that one. Uh, the showdown. Let me look at that real quick. Yeah, no, never mind. It was not. No, they didn't. I take it back. I'm thinking of the protest. They had a song called "Show Up" to the showdown. Oh, okay. Uh, so never mind. <laughs> My memory failed me there. Uh, yeah, two good two good options there. Um, I'm gonna go a different direction. Back to Hyperfenton, which, uh, you know, one of those, uh, happy white rappers. Um, but this, 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 this EP though, they came out, it's called 2080, uh, 2080 EP. And this is him and, um, MoFlow music, MoFlow music. It is, I believe just three tracks that perfectly, perfectly blend a newer sound with an 80s sound. And that's why they call it 2080 as opposed to 1980. Um, I can't I can't even really explain it to you. You just have to listen to it. It's a love letter to 80s music, but in a way that feels both nostalgic and brand new at the exact same time. Uh, my two favorite songs on that is That Way and Step by Step. And uh, That Way, I believe... Oh, it's one of them. One of those two starts out with a very familiar lyric from another 80s song. Yeah. And then, and then dives into this whole brand new experience. It's, it was beautifully put together. I'm kind of mad that it wasn't a full album of this because I would have been here for it all day. Uh, but yeah, 2080 by Hyperfenton, one of the most, uh, enjoyable listens of the year for sure. Make sure you join us again next week as we return to this discussion to count down the top 10 Christian albums of 2021. But for now, that's the start of our list. But we want to know what you think. What do you think of the albums we've named so far? What albums do you hope are coming in the rest of the list? Come share your thoughts in our Discord at BackRowDiscord.com in the Respond to Show channel. Message us on any of the socials at the LTN or give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 575-562-8052 and we might use your response on the show next week. We'll be back with more. Stick around. Hey everyone, I'm Hector Mirai, and this is Faith and Fandom 180 on LTN Radio. So over the last week, I played Guardians of the Galaxy, the new video game, and 
for me personally, it was the best game of 2021. But also, it was kind of fun because the main antagonist in the game is a church. Haha, <laughs> yay. Um, it's the Universal Church of Truth, which is a villain in the Marvel 616 universe. But uh, the short version is these people have learned to turn faith into a energy source that can be harnessed and applied in a scientific way. So like literally your faith can be sucked away to burn fuel and energy and stuff like that. Um, and the sales pitch as they're calling it is the promise is that if they, everybody just gives up their life here, lets their faith be sucked away. Um, they'll be reunited with their loved ones. And while, you know, I hear the same things you hear when you say things like that. Um, it, it was kind of like obviously villainous and creepy and stuff like that. Um, but the idea of it was that you give up your life, let your faith be a way to get out of this world so you can be reunited with your people in this new promise. And while I know there are some similarities to our faith, you know, we do expect eternal life and we do want to be reunited with our loved ones the reality is even though there is an eternity ahead leaving this world isn't the plan in john 17 jesus is praying and he says this in verse 15 my prayer is not that you take them out of the world but that you protect them from the evil one and then jumping down in verse 18 it says as you sent me into the world i have sent them into the world um, our faith isn't a shortcut where we bypass the life that we're living so that we can get to a reward and a reunion. You know, there are rewards and reunions ahead, but we need to never lose focus on the fact that we are meant to be here and now to do the good work of the kingdom of God here and now. And to love people as God called us. If we get so focused on a distant reward, we miss the whole reason we're here, right here and right now. Remember to catch Faith and Fandom 180 every Wednesday morning on the Back Row Morning Show only on LTN Radio. And if you'd like to learn more about Faith and Fandom, head over to faithandfandom.org where you can learn about our Comic-Con ministry, podcasts, memes, apparel, and book series. You can even read new chapters before they make it to the next book. I'm Hector Mirai, and thank you for spending the last 180 seconds with me. Welcome back to the back row as the show is coming to a close. And we wanted to know, what is your favorite Betty White show? All right, so we took to Twitter and we asked you this question, and we gave you four answers, even though we know there are more than four answers, but we gave you four. Uh, the Golden Girls, Hot in Cleveland, Mama's Family, or The Mary Tyler Moore Show. Oh, man. Which do you think was the most popular? I really think Golden Girls yeah, is the most popular. So, yeah, 66.1. That's her most well-known role for yeah. sure. Mama's Family? Uh, Mama's Family was third. Okay. Um, and she... Hot in Cleveland. Hot in Cleveland was last, which makes what? me sad because it's so funny. I think it's last just because not a lot of people have seen it because it was like a, a TV land exclusive. Yeah. Like it wasn't out there on all the main networks to see. And it should have been because it was worthy of it. It was really, really funny. Yeah. I loved it. She plays a uh, cantankerous old lady that's in charge of this house that these other three women are living in. Mm -hmm. Like she's the caretaker for the house. 
and she's insulting them all the time. It's just so funny. It's so freaking funny. She, uh, yeah. Snarky Betty White is the best Betty White. That's that's what I say. Any Betty White is the best uh, Betty White. <laughs> so Mary Tyler Moore show was number two. Uh, Mama's Family okay. number three wow. and Hot in Cleveland uh, was last. But See, I, I'm really surprised that Mary Tyler Moore show is before Mama's Family. But me, me too, because she wasn't even on the show the whole time. Yeah. I think she didn't come onto the show until the fourth season. Uh, but then again, she came on the show and she was supposed to be there once, one episode. And people loved her so much that it made her, they made her a part of the, the cast for the rest of the show. So maybe, maybe that's worthy enough in most people's eyes because... She came in and rocked it enough to stay on the show forever. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah. So good. All right. Now, before we go, we want to share some things that we love. Uh, do you want to go first? No, you can go first. Let me go first? Go ahead. I'm going to go first. Mm. Season 35, episode 21 of Saturday Night Live, hosted by Betty White. At 88 years old, Betty White became the oldest host of the show. It came about after her Snickers Super Bowl ad went viral. Do you remember that one? They were playing like touch football, and uh, I don't remember. Betty White gets tackled, <laughs> and someone's like, "Eat the Snickers. You play like an old lady when you're hungry." Oh uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Went viral, and a grassroots campaign started online to convince Lauren Michaels to have her host. Uh, however, fun fact: Betty White was asked to host at least three times between the late '70s and the early '90s, and she turned it down every time. Hmm. Lauren said, after three rejections, he stopped asking. Uh, but he was so glad that he was convinced to try one more time. It is one of my favorite episodes of the show ever. I watched it again, of course, this past weekend. Yeah. So freaking funny. She is hilarious. They brought in a lot of the, the previous cast women, like they brought back Tina Fey and, um, oh gosh, Amy Poehler brought back those two. They brought back, I don't remember their names now, but at least three more, three more ladies that had been on the show from the previous like three generations of SNL. They brought them all on to kind of help carry the ball in case she wasn't able to like be as involved as most hosts are. Mm -hmm. But she was just as involved as most hosts are, if not more so. She was in every skit, very long, very big role, a lot of lot of lines, a lot of punchlines. She held her own. She was not in like a secondary position in any of these being carried by the rest of them. Nice. Being fantastic. What's your thing, Mo? I mean, is it surprising that it is a universal thing? <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, so honestly, the, the aside from making it home. <laughs> That's the, the best part. <laughs> uh -huh, the entirety of the trip was awesome. But I've got to really say, honestly... I had butterbeer. <laughs> drank butterbeer in Hogwarts. It was fantastic. It really was fantastic. <laughs> and here's the thing. Going into it, you know, people are like, you have to have butterbeer. And I'm like, it's just like cream soda, basically. That's like guys. Calm down. All it is. But whatever. Calm down. Uh-huh. Um, did y'all do the whole? Um, just question. Did y'all did y'all do the whole eating at Hogwarts? No. Thing because I remember seeing. I saw something. I guess it was on Disney Plus, focused around that, like how they build those meals and what they were, all the special things for the Hogwarts thing. So like, that's pretty cool. I really want to go back. 
I really want to go back. Um, obviously not doing a whole lot of research. We, okay. For years, Chris and I have been saying we need to go to universal studios. Topher has been a Harry Potter fan. I mean, we've done all the Jurassic park movies, Mm -hmm. you know, our family's favorite pastime is to do movie marathons where we just binge watch like these trilogies or whatever. Don't they have back to the future thing stuff there too? Or is it very little now? It's very little now. It used now. to be really big. Yes. Yeah. The DeLorean is there. They have that at Comic-Cons. Yeah, well. Um, <laughs> they had that at Albuquerque Comic-Con. Yeah. You know, they do have Moe's Diner. Like, Oh, I forgot there's a Simpsons thing. Legit, Actually, I remember seeing that picture. Yeah. walk into Springfield and it, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. I would have loved that. Even someone who's not a Simpsons fan, I was like, that's Moe's Diner. Oh, my gosh. It, it, anyway, it's brilliant. The Most whole tavern. Oh, most tavern. Yeah, sorry. It was only a diner <clears throat> in one episode. My bad. See, I told you I'm not failed, a Susan's fan. It failed grossly. Um, he yelled at a girl. Okay. <laughs> the <laughs> Jurassic Park area where they have the new Velocicoaster, you legitimately feel like you're at Jurassic Park. <laughs> it's terrifying. Um, there's a Seuss world. Oh, okay. And it's awesome weird no it's i matt i don't know how they do this and you know how i am about amusement parks i love amusement parks yes love going to amusement parks yes this is the only amusement park i've ever been to where it's one you know universal in itself is one park but it has all these different lands inside the park and the second that you step into the land you legitimately feel like you're there weird it's crazy from the trees everything everything they have thought about every single aspect of making you feel like you're a part of it Hmm. um but yes back to the butterbeer it was a highlight of our trip every i think we got it we got the butterbeer the first day and then every other day after canon who Okay, going into the Harry Potter rides, Cannon was like, if if we all can't five ride, I won't ride because I'm not that much into Harry Potter like Topher is. I know that this is more for him. It's cool. He can ride. Every day after that, after that first day, he's like, Mom, can we go, can we go back over to Hogwarts? Can we go back and get a butterbeer? I really want to go over there. <laughs> it, I don't know. That's the whole thing was just... Awesome. But what I was saying was apparently Christmas is the most popular time to go to Universal. Mm, that makes so sense. It does. Yeah. Now that you say it. Yeah. You know, but at the time I was kind of thinking. Nobody would be there. Cause yeah. It's colder. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But July is the most unpopular time to go because it's hot, but it's also hurricane season. Oh, yeah. 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 yeah so yeah. all of those extra things like the meal and um, riding. Oh man, I can't even think of the express. The name Hogwarts. of it. Is it just the Hogwarts, Hogwarts express? express? Isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. Pretty sure. Anyway, um, like platform from nine and yeah, three, three quarters. Three yeah, quarters. nine and three quarters. Um, so from opening until close of the park, you could look on the app to see the wait times for yeah. everything. From opening to close, it was never less than ninety minutes for those things. Mm, I believe it. Uh-huh. Yeah. So. But still fun. 
Yes. Still fun. Yeah, I'd yeah. like to go there. We oh, were Deidre and I were in, were were in a, a breath away from the park itself. Yeah. Like we went into like the free area, uh-huh. the little shop City area, walk. the food area, and we played at their really awesome mini golf course. That yeah. They out there, we played both both courses. Really fun. Mm-hmm. But uh, we ate at Bubblegum Shrimp, which I saw y'all yes. at, and that was our first time we'd eaten there. I've never eaten at a Bubblegum Shrimp either. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I love. Go ahead. The table had quotes on mm-hmm. it. I loved that. So much. All influenced by Forrest Gump stuff. Yeah. All over the walls, all over everywhere. Yeah. Um, I uh, I got like this shrimp sampler thing, like all these different kinds mm-hmm. of shrimp, knowing that one of them was going to be coconut shrimp, which I've had at Red Lobster before, and I'm like, I don't like these. They were the best thing I had ever eaten that mm-hmm. was shrimp related. I'm like, okay, I just don't get these at Red Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> I get these here. They were so dang good. But we got a trip all around. That whole experience was was a blast. Mm-hmm. Uh, our waiter was super energetic. And mm-hmm. Did he come nuts. over or she, did they come she. over and ask you like trivia questions mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. That was the they coolest our little thing. section. We had like t- four tables in our little room. Yeah. They asked us all. Uh-huh. Yeah. It was, yeah. It was really what, neat. Um, oh, man. Never mind. What's his name? Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant what, Dan. What were the color of Lieutenant Dan's shrimp and boots? <laughs> what were they? I don't, I don't know. They weren't a color because he lost his legs. Oh, yeah. that's right. Duh. <laughs> you ain't got no legs, Lieutenant Dan. My entire family. That's hilarious. Like, they answered a couple questions before. I was thinking. What part of his body did he leg. lose? Okay. And... They bo- they all knew it, but then that question comes around and like everybody goes silent. And I was like, I had just taken a bite of food, and I was like, <laughs> throwing up hands, like guys, come on, it's a trick question. I finally swallow. I'm like, he didn't have legs. <laughs> Waiter's like, good job, you got it. That's funny stuff. Um, if you plan to go to Universal anytime in the near future, um, pass on Hard Rock. Don't. Don't waste your money eating there. Go to any of the other restaurants hmm. at City Walk. Pass on Hard Rock. What was wrong with Hard Rock? Um, it's great and all. It's fine. It's But for the amount of money that you're going to pay to eat there, it's definitely not worth it. Hmm. Okay. Not not worth it at all. Okay. Okay. Uh, Margaritaville and Bubba Gump. Bubba Gump Shrimp mm-hmm. all day. Yes. All day. All Man. right. <laughs> Mo, let's end with our verse for the day. Our verse for the day is Colossians 3.15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. And that's going to do it for the back row with Matt and Mo. We hope you enjoyed our discussions and hope you'll (laughs) join us again next week as we continue our look back at 2021 before we chuck it to the bin of history forever. Remember that we air our full morning shows first exclusively on LTN Radio, LTNOnAir.com, every Monday through Thursday at 8 a.m. Eastern with an encore at 10 a.m. But if you miss a day or just can't catch the show live, you can find our three full shows and our weekly main podcast by searching the Back Row Morning Show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all the podcast apps. Subscribe, rate five stars, and leave a review, or don't. We're not your parents. We won't be mad. Just, you know, disappointed. 
Check out lovethynerd.com. It's positively jam-packed with articles, podcasts, and videos that cover a wide range of nerdy topics. And just like any other ministry, we are largely supported by those willing to partner with us financially. If that's you, if you believe in our ministry and would like to partner with us, visit lovethynerd.com slash partner. You could even choose to directly support Love Thy LTN Radio from the drop-down menu. Love Thy Nerd is a qualifying 501c3 nonprofit organization, and your gift is tax deductible. Make sure you're following us on all the socials. We're on the book, the twit, the gram, and the talk. Just search for at the back row LTN and connect with us. Once again, I'm Radio Matt. And I'm Mo. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we promise it's true. Jesus Jesus loves loves you, nerd. nerd.